We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. And joining me is the great Mike Pence Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? Oh, man, definitely not a political guy, so I don't know how to interpret that one. But uh, Alex, I'm doing well, but tell us, how was the birthday over the weekend? Oh, it was a great time, man. Really enjoyed uh, having my Setting the Pace of 30 theme. You know, I, I put some pictures on social media so people could see like kind of the decor and stuff like that. So Really had a good time, and, you know, it was really nice to be able to hang out with some friends and family and just, you know, think about uh, what, what the next decade is going to hold for me. But uh, somebody pointed out to me, this is my fourth decade that I'm entering in, so that's kind of a weird thing to think about. It is. It is always weird when you do it like that because it's a very technical thing. But uh, <laughs> I know. It's yeah, really? You know, that that you are, but, hey, uh, goodbye 20s, hello 30s, and Alex, not much has changed because we are back talking basketball i would love to say just pacer basketball but man we have to have some news in order to talk about so today we're doing things a little bit differently you want to tell everybody what we're covering today yeah everybody it's time for us to get out our pencils and make our predictions because me and fachi are going to change these with our erasers right throughout the season no, i'm just kidding yeah. um but we did our very best to come up with our eastern and western conference standings predictions all 15 teams for uh both conferences so a total of 30 teams here and i will tell you what it's going to be a very interesting year because i think there's a lot of good teams here fachi and i i'm unfortunately there's going to be a couple teams that probably should make the playoffs or the play-in that are going to miss it absolutely i mean i texted you on the side and i went oh my god the east is stacked and you're like yeah Take a look at the West, and it's just like the NBA has got the talent is so good here. Then now you're bringing in really good rookies. You're getting other teams that maybe had players that were out last year. That whatever it is, I mean, it is going to be an old-fashioned slugfest in order to make the playoffs in both conferences. And some really good teams, like you mentioned, they're going to be left on the outside looking in. 
for real. And I, and I think at this point, by seeing how much talent there is, like even some of the teams that we think will finish lower, they got some pretty young, exciting talent on them, right? So I, I think for the most part, there's like talks about maybe expanding the league to 32 teams with Seattle and Las Vegas. And who knows when that'll happen, but I definitely think we're at this point in the league where there's enough talent where you could have two extra teams. Now, do I think they'd be championship level teams? Obviously not, but I, I do think that there's so much talent now in the NBA that it wouldn't shock me. Uh, it, it wouldn't sh- not shock me, but I guess I should say, I think that we are ready finally for two extra teams. We are, because let's just put it in perspective. Do you remember when it used to be like the eighth seed in the East was a team with a losing record? It used to be like, yeah. oh, my God, what a joke. Can't even field eight good teams. Last year, the Charlotte Hornets were – they were in the 10th spot. They were 43-39. and 39. Right. I, I honestly feel like the teams even at the bottom of the East have gotten better. Now, last year, the Spurs at the 10th spot, they had a losing record at 34-48. and 48. There's even a bunch of teams below them that are better than that. Like for instance, the Lakers didn't even make the play in last year. So it just shows the NBA is in a really good spot where I think this is the year that there could be a team that is above 500. that doesn't even make the plane. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And that's why this is really hard. So um, I'm not even sure what I had last year, but I know I was off quite a bit. I think I was really high on a certain team that didn't do as well. I think it was the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, uh, yep, I thought they were going to be really good that. and they fell apart on me. So Will that happen again? I do not know. But, Fachi, do you want to start with the East or the Western Conference? Uh, let's start with the East. Okay, let's do it. Number one in the Eastern Conference, who do you got? I got the Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, the Celtics, they were, in my opinion, maybe the best team in the league at the you know the second half of the year. I mean, they had that span where at one point they were a game above 500, and then they went on a run. And that run took them all the way to the NBA Finals. And now you're talking about they, they bring in Malcolm Brogdon for – Honestly, spare parts. I, I know we're the team that got the spare parts, but you know, you bring in Brogdon, who's going to be the sixth man over there, Derek White for for a full season. This mm-hmm. team could be healthy. I, I think they can make a lot of noise. Yeah, Pritchard's still on that team. Grant Williams is still on that team. Um, unfortunately, Danilo Gallinari suffered an injury in Eurobasket. Yeah, that, that was tough. So was we'll tough. we'll see how that impacts him. I don't think he would have been a playoff rotation guy anyway, to be honest with you. But I do think he would have been a good help in the regular season. So. Um, that that's who I had at number one as well, Fachi. And I kind of didn't do my full research on this because there's a lot of, you know, research on, on doing this. I didn't have time to do it, but just looking at it last year, I mean, the, the Suns were the team that was in the, uh, the NBA finals that lost to the Milwaukee bucks. And they came back with a vengeance and got first place in the Western conference. So I think Boston, they're going to be really hungry to get back. And I think getting home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs is the first way to do that. And like you said, getting Brogdon basically for nothing um, with giving up a bad pick and a player they weren't really invested in. To me, that made a lot of sense for them. So I like Boston here at one. But let's go down to number two now, Fachi. Who do you have at two? Two, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if you got them there. We'll get into that in a second. I might be higher on them than others. But I think that James Harden was disgusted with the year that he had last year. Looks to be in great shape. And let's just put that in perspective. Harden's year was pretty rough to the point where he couldn't get a max deal from the 76ers. I think he took a pay cut. So I really think that Harden's going to come back with revenge. You got to also factor in Ben Simmons didn't play for them last year. So they just were, you know, down a guy at this point now. You know, you got Harden for the full year. I think other guys like Tyrese Maxey take a step forward. 
I think, you know, Embiid's going to be great. I got them at number two. Yeah, the addition of P.J. Tucker is big for him. Even though he's yep. a little bit older, I do think he adds a different element of intensity they didn't have. You know, they still have Tobias Harris who's a good player. They're a team that could make some trades still. Don't get me wrong. But I think what they've done to solidify their roster and, and their depth, I have them at number two as well, Fachi. I, I had a hard time not putting them number one. But I, I, I think I have to just keep in the back of my mind how often Joel Embiid, you know, does does get injured. And it happens quite often. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's like I don't want him to get injured, obviously, but could he miss some time or could they rest him more because of it? I think that's a good possibility. So now we're 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 thinking the same thing here, Fauci, which is interesting. But let's move on to number three. Who do you have at three? I got the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, look, we're we're in unison once again, Fauci. I think at this point, look, Milwaukee is a really good team. People forget Chris Middleton got hurt in the playoffs, did not return. I think that played a big part in their early exit. Yeah, they brought back basically the same team. They added Joe Ingles. We'll see when he makes his you know return. But overall, it, it's the same championship team from from two years ago. Just uh, I think at this point, hey, picking them for the three seed, I think it's reasonable. Yeah, I don't think their depth is as deep as some of the other teams as well. Uh, just because they have to pay so many guys so much money, right? But overall, I just like their makeup. I think they're still going to be one of the tougher teams in the Eastern Conference. But we know that they don't care as much about the regular season. Mm-hmm. Because even without Middleton, they almost took down Boston, who went to the finals yep. last year. Exactly. So I, I just think for Milwaukee, it's like there's there's always those teams that really want to race to be the top seed. Milwaukee doesn't need to be that team, and they have no problem blowing out teams and only playing Giannis, say, 30, 32 minutes at times. So, um, you know, I think they're going to be more than fine. But moving on next, I got the Miami Heat. I got them at four. Um <laughs> That's the right, I had too. This is crazy. Okay. Uh, it is pretty crazy, guys. I, I promise you this was not planned. No. But for the Heat, look, it's a healthy Oladipo for the year. He made minimal contributions for them last year. Kyle Lowry, wh- however he wants to maybe put it, whatever, he was not in shape last year. I think we're going to be getting a better Kyle Lowry, which is not good for us. But at the same point, maybe it is, <laughs> depending on what you're rooting for. But I, I think that the Heat are that team that's going to take uh, – they're going to be good. Last year, they were even better. So having them at four, having them, I think they were the one seed last year. Yeah. I, I think that this is a, a very reasonable spot to put them at. I think losing PJ Tucker does hurt them. Um, it does. Overall, but I, I do think they're still going to be a really good team. Now, they, mm-hmm. they have some holes to fill with losing Tucker. So I'm curious to see how they go about doing that. But at the end of the day, I, I like the Heat still. Even them sliding from one to four doesn't feel like that major of a drop-off because of how talented and competitive they were last year. They got Coach Spo, and I think he always maximizes his team's talent. Always. So, honestly, I they they could be involved in a trade. You never know. With Duncan Robinson's contract, and, of course, Tyler Hero, could they move him as well? I think they're a team, though, that right now on paper, like, I can't put them any lower than four just I because I have that much respect for Coach Spo, Jimmy Butler, and, like you said, uh, uh, Kyle Lowry coming on a, you know, a revenge tour basically to mm-hmm. prove to everybody that he's not washed still. And because uh, he had a rough playoff series, I felt like he was yeah. really inconsistent. Um, so I think he wants to prove that he still got it. And then, of course, you got to consider the growth that Bam Adebayo is going to have once again. I mean, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Not sure if he wins it, but he was in that mix last year as well. I just think they've got a good enough core that they're not going to fall any lower than fourth. I, I mean, they could, but I would be surprised. Yeah, I think even a, a drop from one to four is like that feels as dramatic as it's going to get. But, you know, we'll see. But moving on next, maybe this is where we differentiate. Yeah. Who knows? 
I got the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, my Love gosh. Oh, all right. So we're still on pace. Okay. Oh, no. What is going on here? This is what we got. Look, they're, it doesn't look like they're moving Kyrie. It doesn't right. look like they're moving Durant. They, they've, they've made that known. But also, they brought in TJ Warren. You brought in Royce O'Neal. You brought in Edmund Sumner. Hey, look, maybe I'm biased on the Sumner pickup. Because obviously, you know, he's one of us. But bit. if Warren is even half of what he was before, that's a great pickup. Royce O'Neal, really good pickup right over there. The rest depends if Kyrie and KD finish the year there. Yeah. If they do, we're also talking about we made it this far. I mean, we haven't even brought up Ben Simmons, you know. So it's yeah. just like they, they got a lot of potential. And picking them at five doesn't seem like a stretch. You know, at, at first I thought I would have them lower when I was doing this. And I thought they're just such a wild card because, like, Kevin Durant could just flip at any moment and decide he wants to go somewhere else wants to be done with them. Cause a bunch of drama. Kyrie, you never know what's going to happen with him. And then Ben Simmons, you never know if he's going to be back from the back injury or he's got another injury that's happened. So they are a wild card team. They're probably the biggest wild card in the Eastern Conference because they've got the roster. You read through it to win it all. But at the same time, they lack team chemistry at this point. So could they develop that throughout the season and be like a super good playoff team? Absolutely. So I had to put them at uh, five just because I felt like I didn't want to like slight them too much, but I still want to give some room for error just because they're such a wild card in terms of like this whole team could implode. And that is something that makes me a little bit nervous. I would not bet on this team whatsoever. No doubt. And I do remember now when we did this prediction last year, I had the Brooklyn Nets, and I want to say at the one seed. Did you and really? they finished at seven, and it was mm. just – it was a disaster of a year for them. I mean, yeah. Kyrie ended up, you know, barely even playing. You know, he didn't play any home games for the first more than half of the year. Harden goes elsewhere. It was just such a disaster. Ben Simmons never played for them. So, you know, having them at five now, I think, is kind of balances it out. Here's where I think we could differentiate. <laughs> We're going to be the same. I feel it. I got the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> All right, never mind. Well, here's what I, I got them there, and I love the DeJounte Murray move. I think it was a home run move for them. They oh, traded a bunch so of funny. draft picks. You know, at this point, I, I think the Hawks, it's safe to say, I mean, you even talked about it earlier, they were a major disappointment last year, a major one. Coming off Eastern Conference Finals run, they were the eighth seed last year. It took the play in to, to decide that. So at this point, having them at six, I think it's more like balancing out of, hey, they have a pretty good year, but no one's overly high on them. But they're better than what they were last year. Yeah, so it's, it's this is funny too because I mean, obviously, I think we I changed mine after I originally did it because I was like, well, I feel like they're going to be better than I'm giving them credit for, and I feel like Nate McMillan is a really good coach that people probably overlook in terms of how good of a coach he is. But he also has certain things that I don't like about him as well. But with that being said. Both the Holiday brothers are back in Atlanta. So, you know, mm-hmm. that chemistry itself with Nate McMillan as a, as you know, former Pacer, you know, legends right there, right? Just kidding on the legends part. But we know, like, Justin Holiday is going to be a good fit for that team. I, I think, you know, trading Kevin Herter was a big loss, but I think Justin Holiday is going to be good, a good veteran for that team, plays multiple positions. Obviously, I love the DeJounte Murray pickup for them. Um, I don't know if I would have gave up all the picks that I gave up for him, but um, you can't deny that he's a super talented guy next to Trey Young. They've got they've got Hunter, they've got Collins, so they've got Capella, they've got a really well-rounded team. And if you look at their division, or excuse, yeah, their division, it's really just them and the Heat battling it out. So 
I think there's a chance for them to pick up a few more wins maybe than some teams that are like in the uh, the Atlantic division where Boston and uh, Toronto and Philadelphia and Brooklyn and New York's in that one because that's a really tough division. So I, I think that they've got a good chance there, Fachi, to rack up some wins in their own division because they're going to be arguably uh, – they could be the best team in that division. I mean, they could be better than the Heat potentially. I'm not saying they can't, but – they're going to have to hit on all strides, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. But last year when I mentioned that they were the eight seed, having them at six, it feels like an improvement. Um, so I had them at yeah, what four I, last I year? That. What was that? Did I have them at four last year? Uh, I think at least it was either three or four. Yeah, I mean, so if you yeah, take yours, <laughs> mine last year on what we thought about them and put them together, we both had them in the middle. So. Uh, yeah. not terrible. Now, I guess this is where it gets really interesting. Let's go to number seven, Pachi. What you got? This team could be interchangeable. I mean, this is where I really struggle with this. But I have the Toronto Raptors. I got the Raptors. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll imagine that I got the same, brother. I got the same. I'm just oh trying to pull my laughter. All right. I was going off reaction. We're like copying off each other here. This is bad. You, you would think. But everybody, I swear we did. We Look, did not. Raptors, they're in a weird spot. The talent's there. Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes taking the next step. OG, Siakam. This is a really good team. It really is. Last year, they were the fifth seed. So this is actually them taking a step back when you would think Scotty Barnes taking a step forward should be enough for them. But the East is stacked. It really is. Like, you look at Brooklyn. They made moves. Atlanta brings in DeJounte Murray. Like, the Heat are the Heat. They're taking a step back. The Bucks get healthy again. Not gonna, we don't have to go through everything, but it's just for Toronto, it's like, where do you really go from here? And I just felt like in the offseason, I just didn't think – they did much to be able to upgrade their team when I, I think they were probably hoping they would get, you know, Kevin Durant. I'm looking at it right now. Ed Otto Porter, Wancho Hernan Gomez. Like, they really didn't do anything. No. I think one of the big problems that I have here with them is like their backcourt depth. It's not great. It's okay. But if like Van Vliet goes down, they're going to be in trouble. Obviously, you can play like OG at the two if you need to, but. Other than that, I mean, Gary Trent Jr., you're just looking. It's just like slim pickings with this roster, and that's one of the things I don't like about Afachi, but I just can't go any lower than seven with them because, one, Nick Nurse, and two, Scotty Barnes. I, I think, exactly. oh, my goodness, this guy is so, so good. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Scotty Barnes, you're talking about the rookie of the year right over there, the guy that was untouchable in any Kevin Durant trade, and then you're talking about a championship-winning coach Nick Nurse. So, you know, everything should add up to us having them higher on the list, but just the teams above them, I mean, those are those are some serious teams. So for Toronto, maybe we're sleeping on them. I know I slept on them last year, and they ended yeah. up getting a five. So at this point, maybe we're, we're just too low on them. Maybe others are higher. But, I mean, by a couple of different predictions when looking at it, uh, you know, one side I looked at had them at 44 wins. Uh, there's another site that has them at yeah, 44 and a half. So it seems like 44 and 38 is the record that everyone is predicting for them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, watching now, let's move over to the number eight team we have in the Eastern Conference. Who do you have at the eight seed? All right, this could be our tiebreaker, but I got the Chicago Bulls. Uh, this is where we're different. All right, well, there we go. So different is nice. So uh, look, they basically brought back the same team that took a leap forward. You add Drummond, you add Goran Dragic. Not sure what that's really worth, but it's some good depth right over there. In my opinion, I think it a lot hinges on Patrick Williams needs to take that leap. He missed most of last year with the wrist injury. If he does take that leap, they could be higher. So if, if he doesn't, he's just the same. This could be a playing team. Yeah, I mean, eight seed's going to be playing anyway. So oh, yeah, you know what I mean. And that yeah. nine ten, like yeah, I got crazy. you, I got you. Um, so this is where I'm a little different. I actually have the Cleveland Cavaliers here at eight, Fachi. Okay. Um, and I wanted to put the Cavs higher because I know like how significant that pick is for us. Yep. And I think they're actually a really good team. And I think Evan Mobley is going to really take a massive leap this year. I believe in Evan Mobley a lot. And believe it or not, I actually like their draft pick quite a bit, Ochai Akbaji. I think he's going to be a really nice fit for them off the bench. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Colin Sexton. But if he comes back and can be that, that sixth man off the bench, Rubio will come back in January. I mean, they have a plethora of guards over there to really help solidify that rotation with all of the injury concerns. So I'm not too worried about that. I do think Isaac Coro is going to take some major steps as well, Fachi, as well as Karis LeVert, because how long can this Laurie Markin and at the three really work? It was fun last year. It was new. It was different. But now that they're about to like go into year two of this, uh, is it going to be something that's predictable? So I have them at eight. I still believe in their upside. It's going to be really tough, though, because um, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. At number nine, this is where I had the Chicago Bulls. And I don't think DeMar DeRozan can repeat the type of season he had last year. So, he was unbelievable last year. So you you have to consider that he's going to regress a little bit, and that's what I'm doing. I'm projecting that and not saying that it will happen, but I'm expecting him to because last year was incredible. But you also brought up some great points, like um, – they, they brought in some good players and, and Drummond and, of course, Goran Dragic, but hopefully Alonzo Ball's healthy, right? Yep. So if he's healthy, they have Alex Caruso. Like, they're a good team. I just wonder if – um, I just wonder, like, what their ceiling is because 
I think they could beat pretty much anybody in, in the Eastern Conference in, in a game throughout the season just because of their talent alone. But I just wonder if they're able to stay healthy. And that's my biggest concern with them. So that's why I have them at nine. But, man, it's like any of those teams, six through nine, I could have interchanged them and I wouldn't have really uh, batted an eye on it. No, I completely agree. I also think Vucevic is declining. I think yep. that that was evident last year. And at this point, I'm just waiting until Terry Taylor gets the best of them. All right? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm waiting on it. I got it circled. But look, I, I last year they finished at the sixth seed. I have them declining. You have them declining. So I think we're in agreement of that. But this this area, it is really interchangeable. So at number nine, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. I wish I could have them higher. You know, I've told you before, that pick, it's a mirage. I really don't think we ever get it. I think we got to look to trade it. But at this point, it, I would love to say that they're a playoff team. I think that Karis LeVert didn't have the year that he wanted, or at least, you know, his his time with the Cavs wasn't you know how he wanted to be. I think he'll be better. I, I think that, you know, guys like Mobley could take a big leap forward. I think he's a special, special player. Yeah. So, but just given how stacked the East is, I couldn't with confidence pick them to be a top six seed by any means, which means that it's it's playing or bust for them. So yeah. that's why I have them at nine. I mean, they were really close last year to be in they, – what were they, like the four seed for a long time? The, maybe the three seed yeah. when we made the trade with them. So I wouldn't underestimate them. No. You know what I mean? Because Brooklyn, they could, they could be a team that implodes. Like we talked about Atlanta, they could – they're an injury away from being bad. I think Toronto, like we talked about with them, like I think they're going to be pretty good. But this is just tough, man. I, I – I hate doing this because it's like I feel like I'm discrediting in the, discrediting this team, even though they've proven that they've taken some steps forward. So um, I'm interested, though, to see who you have at 10. At number 10, I got the New York Knicks. Uh, because, look, I love the Jalen Brunson. Back at it again. I, I do think that R.J. Barrett takes a, a big step forward. Uh, but also, I really feel like they do pull off a trade for Donovan Mitchell. And if they do... They're gonna they're gonna move up the board. You know they really are. I don't think they're gonna really? stay at the ninth seed with with Donovan Mitchell. But yeah. that's all rumors. So I couldn't go off of rumors. So I had to just go off of. I think Jalen Brunson is gonna be a really good pickup. Knicks have been dying for a point guard, honestly, forever. And then Barrett, I, I think that he took steps forward. But this is the year he takes that big step forward. And even then, we're talking about the ten spot. So it's not like this is a team that I'm real high on. But last year they were in the eleventh spot. So I think that they're. They're, they're on creeping up. on the range of 500. <laughs> well, there we go, Bachi. Good for the Knicks. After being a four seed just two years ago. I mean, I know. The, the Knicks are just a really weird team. I mean, they, they've got good talent. You know, Quentin Grimes is in there. Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, some, like, really young, exciting players. But at the same time, they're trying to make a splash move. I like the Jalen Brunson pickup, but I do worry about him and Donovan Mitchell together in the backcourt defensively. I think that's super small. And I don't know if it's really going to be that great. I think it might be better on paper than it actually is on the court and overall fit because while they can put up the points, I just I worry about them because um, I don't even think Jalen Brunson's as good of a defender as people maybe give him credit for. Um, it's just too small. So, I mean, at least when you're looking at like a team like Atlanta, they have DeJounte Murray, who's a much better defender than both right. Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, in my opinion. So um, that is who I have at 10 as well. So let's keep it moving here at number 11. Is this where we get to the Washington Wizards Foch here, or do you have somebody else? No, it's not. I got the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, um, I got the Wizards. I got the Wizards higher, Foch. Of course you are, because you're high on them. You love them. But at this point, look, I got oh, the good one. Clever. Here at 11, because, look, this is them taking a, a step back. I mean, they were they were in 10th spot last year, 43 and 39. But 
the potential loss of Miles Bridges, it, it's going to be huge. It, it just, it's at that, they're at that crossroads where his situation might have ruined that team for right now to the point where they could be sellers at the yeah. deadline. They, they could be looking to unload Gordon Hayward and just kind of, you know, free up some money to give, you know, LaMelo Ball that max contract. So at this point, I, I see them taking a step back. They also have guys like Kelly Oubre that they could shop. So I have them on the outside looking in at 11. Yeah, I actually think the Wizards are a better team than the Hornets. And I think main reason why, Bradley Beal. Um, I get LaMelo Ball is really good, and I'm not discrediting him. I think he's just going to continue to get better. But I feel like I've already heard rumblings like, is he wanna, does he want to be there long term? Um, how will this Miles Bridges stuff interfere with that? They drafted, you know, uh, a young center and Mark Williams. How does he fit? Kai Jones is someone that took the year before. So are they going to give these young guys some more run maybe? Gordon Hayward, obviously a really good small forward, but he's paid a lot of money, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Terry Rozier is probably overpaid for what his value is. And then you got these guys on expiring. So you talked about Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley. I mean, this team, it, it desperately needs that power forward, small forward. And with Miles Bridges going to be off that team more than likely. I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen, Flash, but with him not being there, I I really am worried about this team. So personally for me, I, I have them a little bit lower, but I have the Wizards higher. And I think part of the reason why is, you know, not only be I I think that if Kristaps can play a little bit, like he's better in the regular season than he is the playoffs without a doubt. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's not a bad player. I didn't mind the trade they made with the Denver Nuggets to get a point guard at Monty Morris, right? So uh, they're they're going to be an interesting team. I don't think they're going to be, like, great by any stretch of the means, but they have some young talent. Denny Abdiya, Ruby Hachimura, uh, don't like Johnny Davis, but he's on that roster as well. So, uh, and who did they draft again last year? Corey Kispert? Is that the guy they got? Yeah. yeah, Corey Kispert. So they have some young talent on this team, Flash, but it's just one of those things. They're not good enough to be, like, a play-in team, but – they're on the cusp of being in that mix, but uh, that's where I have them at at eleven. You have the Hornets at eleven. Who do you have at twelve, Flash? I got the Washington Wizards. Okay, at this point it's like splitting hairs because we're both in agreement. They're not good enough to be really a, definitely a playoff team, but let alone a play-in team. Yeah, that good. You, know, you talk about Porzingis. You know, Porzingis. The problem is he just can't stay healthy. Uh, that's true. He could once all of a sudden March rolls around. It's like. He's getting his knee drained. You don't know. He might miss a playoff game, whatever it is. So it's like you're bringing Porzingis. Beal missed a lot a lot of last year. You know, on paper, they should be better. You know, Monty Morris, Will Barton, Johnny Davis, there, there's some potential there. But, like, potential for what? Not a winning record. So no. at, at this point, I got him at 12. I, I just think that the Hornets, like, you know, if everything works well for them, maybe they have a higher ceiling than the Wizards. But – I think we're both in agreement pretty much on the most part. Number 13, here's where Hey, I didn't tell you my 12 yet. Oh, you didn't? You're right. No. Do I don't have the Hornets at 12. Oh, so I've got the Detroit cool. Pistons, Fachi, at 12. Okay. I think Detroit's going to be better than Charlotte this year. I think Cade Cunningham's going to take a massive leap. He's going to be in the talks for most improved player. I don't like giving second-year guys most improved player of the year award, just to be fair. Do I. So I do think take that... a leap in year two. Yeah, exactly. But I think... With Jaden Ivey, um, with Jalen Duran, obviously, he's going to be a young guy in the mix. Beef Stew still on the roster. Sadiq Bay. I really like the makeup of that Detroit team. And I think with K taking that step and adding Jaden Ivey, 
um, they're going to be competitive and they're probably going to win more games than people give them credit for because I think they're trying to establish a culture at some of some level because they've already got that guy, right? So they don't have to tank for the Wimbenyama. Obviously, they want Wimbenyama. Don't get me wrong. They don't not want him. But what I'm saying is they're not like the Spurs where they're just bottoming their whole entire roster out for it. So overall for me, I have the Pistons probably overachieving this season just by a few wins because I think the Hornets, like you said, they're going to be sellers, Vachi. And that is where I am banking on the uh, the Pistons to have a better record at 12. So that's where I have them at. And then at 13, that's where I have the Hornets, which I've already talked about them. So who would you have at 13? 13, I got the Orlando Magic. Ooh, um, higher than the Pistons. I, I do have them higher because I love their young core. They're just too young. I just think – I think Paul is, is – it. Paulo is an absolute stud. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. I think Jalen Suggs is someone who didn't have the year that people hoped for. I think he's going to have a, a good sophomore year. Franz Wagner, I, I think, was was awesome as a rookie. That was someone I was really low on coming into the draft. I did not want, you know, Franz, and he was he was really good for them. So I like the young quarter. They share have the same birthday. What? Me and Franz Wagner share the same birthday. There you go. That's uh, it's quite the, the birthday, you know. Uh, but Franz, like, he was good, man. There's nothing to knock over there. So the Magic's young core, one day, they should be good. I, I would like to say that they will, but they're Orlando Magic, you know. It feels like things just don't really run go their way. But uh, I got them at 13. Okay, so I, uh, I'm i a little bit surprised there. Just okay. because I think the Pistons are a lot better than the Magic, but well, I understand your point. It, it's a weird be, you know. Well, I'm just saying overall, if you look at their talent on their roster, I think the upside is higher with Detroit right now. Potentially, I mean, but I do love Palo. Don't get me wrong; I think Palo's awesome. I'm worried about Jalen Suggs a little bit. Um, he did not translate like I thought he was going to yeah. last year, so I think he's going to be playing off ball quite a bit. I think Palo's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, mm-hmm. so. That's where I'm at with that. Um, Franz is really good too. So, um, but like they have so many like question marks with like obviously you saw Gary Harris probably going to be done for the year, right? That's unfortunate. So I mean, injury to him. Um, he was probably going to be a part of their rotation, not a starter, probably. I don't know, yeah. but you know, part of the rotation. And then Jonathan Isaac. I mean, this is a kid that has a ton of talent. Like out of Florida State, I was really high on him when he came into the draft, but he hadn't been able to stay healthy. Been a while. So. Same with uh, Chuma Kiki. Like, I, I think he's a little bit overrated, in my opinion. Uh, if you have any, like, oh, belief he's going to be something special, I don't think he's going to be that. Him but... or Isaac? Huh? Yeah, him or Isaac. Well, which one were you saying is overrated? Oh, oh a Kiki, a little bit. I mean, oh, yeah, no, I, I didn't like that pick. They drafted him off of a torn ACL. Yeah. He was already hurt when they picked him. I feel yeah. like that was a bold move. Yeah, it was. I understand the upside with him, and then they brought back Mo Bamba. So mm-hmm. I like Wendell Carter Jr. I really do. I think he's a good player. I just think overall, looking at this roster, um, I think that they are a little bit better in terms of like uh, overall depth when it comes to like young talent compared to the Pacers right now. But it's very, very, very close. Um, I just think having Paulo makes them a notch better than Indiana. That's but, a deal for me. Yeah, but I do think that um, you could make the case that Tyrese is better than Paulo this year. Yes. And I think we could see that. So um, I guess for 14, that leaves you with the Pistons. Does it? Uh, no, it does. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're the Pacers. The Pistons you over Pacers here, look, they're going, they're going in the right direction. They're just – it's not their time yet. I think they did a bunch of those moves, like to take on salary, like you know, Kemba Walkers and 
you know, other players. Roland's Noel, right? Yeah, so you could acquire picks, and they, they did it, like, brilliantly. You know, you traded Jeremy Grant, you get another first-round pick, you flip it around, you get Jalen Duran. I, I love what they did. I just feel like – and also, Cade Cunningham in year two. This guy started out his rookie season rough, and he finished March really good. 23 points per game, 48% shooting, yeah. I mean, Oof. seven assists. He really caught on at the end of the year. So I think that Cade is going to be a problem this year. It's just as a team, this is like, I feel like they're pre-year where it's going to be pretty gross at times. They're going to show flashes at other times, but then they're going to go into the following season with a ton of cap space, a young core. So I like where they're at. I got them at 14. Absolutely, Fachi. So um, I think when we get to 15 here, this is where everyone's going to be disappointed. But because we've had, we had a lot of pushback, I think, when people listen to our predictions on what we thought the Pacers would do win total wise. And maybe we were a little bit low. I think we might have been too low on them flashing if I could go back and redo it. Uh, I think Vegas has them projected to win like 24 and a half games. Mm-hmm. I probably would have given them 24 wins instead of what I have 22, 21, something like that. You were at 22 and I think I was at 21. Right. So I probably would have given them a few more wins, but I still think like there's still such a question mark on what happens with the veterans that are going to be a part of the rotation. Time question mark. And that to me is what makes me a little bit nervous because I know Kevin O'Connor put this out on one of his YouTube shows and I shared the clip on uh, Twitter on Friday night, I believe where he basically said that he's heard the Pacers want to win. Um, and then a lot of people kind of like put a rebuttal against that and said, that's probably what the Lakers <laughs> got from the Pacers when they were telling them that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the Pacers are trying to win. If they were trying to win, they would have been more aggressive on their moves that they made. And the the, the rumors that came out, I don't think would have come out about them trying to take on stuff or picks. Like they don't trade Brogdon for a young guy that's got a lot to prove still in a bad pick if they're not trying to rebuild. So um, that's where I'm at. I, I just think that the Pacers at 15, like it, it's a perfect time to do it, Foch, because they're really still exciting and they're young. And they're young. But they also put them in the best position to – have a chance of getting Wimbenyama, a, a generational talent that could literally flip this franchise on its head. And seriously, in like five years, we could be talking about a finals contender if Wimbenyama is as good as advertised. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't even want to put myself in that spot yet because I know I'll get way too carried away. But I'm with you. That I got the Pacers at 15 over here. Look, maybe I'm too hard on them. Maybe I could have thrown them an extra win or two. But what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. This team that it, it, they're super young they're super exciting but they're expected to be sellers at some point like turner yeah. going into free agency buddy heel not really fitting the timeline of the team like for all we know the pacers could pull off a trade within the within the next week or so that has everybody saying yep nope you're right we're probably going to be at the bottom of the east you know potentially looking at a top three pick overall i mean by all means when you look at predictions vegas whatever it is Pacers are looking at like a bottom three team in the league. I'm not mad about it. I'm not. Yeah. This is where we're going, and there's there's at least a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I will say this. My expectations are so low that anything, you know, significantly fun happening this year just makes it more exciting because the last couple of years I've been kind of like talking myself into them being better than what they are. And at that point, it's just like, ah, this team can beat this team. They're going to be the five seed. They're going to be the six seed. I don't know why they can't be the three seed. Like, you talk yourself into it because you're like, everything works together. Exactly. Right now, I'm at the point where I'm just like, 
my expectations are zero. My expectations are to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So if they're even 14 or 13, then they achieved what I expected. But I just feel like if you're going to tank, do it the right way and be the worst team possible to get the mm-hmm. best pick possible. Don't do what you did last year where you decide halfway through the season you're going to tank. Then you were at five and fell to six. You want to be in that top three, highest chances. And if somebody jumps up, it's not very likely that three teams are going to jump you. So the lowest pick you'll have is four or five. And that's where I want to be at. I mean, if you're if you're literally the second worst team in the NBA and only two teams jump in front of you, you still get the fourth overall pick, which is a usually a great pick. So that's where I'm at with it all. But um, would you be mad <laughs> if they ended up winning like 38 games? And well, I was for some reason I was pretty much about to use that number. Yeah. We had a listener show. I can't remember who it was. It was like I got the Pacers at 38 wins or 37. And I was like, that might be the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're at that, you're probably just outside of the play-in. I you mean, know? <laughs> so that that all of a sudden, what's is that? What are we picking? Like, you know, eleventh? Like, that's so they they literally made zero additions outside of bringing in the rookies and trading Brogdon for Neesmith and Tice, right? So that was their off season. And this team is on a ten-game losing streak, ending the season, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, people think they're going to win 13 more games than they did last year. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, it, it really doesn't. And last year there was so much heartbreak in the the close losses at the end that now it's almost like, you don't want to say a best case scenario, but if you see the team play well, show a lot of flashes, but they don't win, it's not going to keep me up at night. Some right. of those losses last year, they were gut-wrenching. It hurt. And it was just like, Man, like, what are we gonna do? What are, when are we gonna win on the road? Or like, when are we gonna beat a you know a winning team or a close game? Now it's just like, hey, if we lose, but we saw the potential of the team, that's a win to me. Absolutely, Fachi. So I will say this real quick: the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh seeds, we had the exact same. Eight and nine were flipped. We were the same at ten with the Knicks, and then we were flip flopped all the way down to fifteen, where we both had the Pacers. So. I think overall we had nine out of the 15 the same, which is very interesting. I mean, I can't believe that we were that close, Flash, to be honest with you. Uh, Crazy odds on that, but it also showed, like, at some point, once you get past, like, the middle of the Eastern Conference, once you start approaching basically the play-in, right over there, it's super interchangeable between seven to – I mean, you can make an argument like seven to 12, basically. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of, it could go either way. So, you know, definitely love to hear from, from, you know, our listeners as to what we had, what you guys have differently. I mean, we still have the Western Conference to yeah, cover, yeah. but overall, I mean, the East is looking strong. And now I'm at a point where I'd rather the Pacers be, you know, uh, looking a little bit rough because if we were trying to win, we would be predicting them maybe in that like 11th best case scenario, 10th spot. And that's not where right. you want to no, it's not what we want at all, Foxy. So I guess the best way we can do this is to not like overanalyze the Western Conference, since I'm sure our listeners don't care about it as much. Give me your bottom five teams. We'll work our way up to number one here for the Western Conference for a dramatic effect. But let's start at 15. Give me your 15, 14, 13, 12, and 11 teams quickly here. I'm going with the Spurs at 15. Okay, that's what I got. The Next Utah up. Jazz at 14. Okay, we're same. Hinges on a Donovan Mitchell trade, but I expect it. 13, OKC. Same. The loss of Chet will be felt. Yep. Uh, at number uh, the 12 spot, Houston Rockets. Okay, we are the same. Bottom this four are the same. I think we're going to differentiate. Okay. Who do you got at 11, Fudge? I got the Dallas Mavericks. 
What? No yeah. way. That is insane, bro. Stop. I got the Dallas. That is ridiculous, bro. It no way. Be. It's a hot take, but here's <laughs> what I'm going to say. A terrible take. It's not even hot. How you, Luka Doncic is not falling out of the playoffs till the 11th spot. All right. So here's what I'm saying. <sighs> Let's talk about their offseason. You lost Jalen Brunson. What'd you do? What'd you do? Got Tim Hardaway Jr. back, baby. You get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. You do, but... I think this is going to be a rough year in Dallas that has them really reevaluate things. Mm. And uh, that's why I have them lower. And then this is where I struggle with. I could have put them at 10, which probably why didn't you just put them at 10 and give them a chance? Like I, I could have put them at 10, but here's what I'm going to say. I got the Sacramento Kings at 10. Okay. So I will say this. Mm-hmm. I've got the Kings at 10 as well. Okay. But at 11, I've got the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. I don't think so, they're that good. I think they're so overhyped. That's that's what I struggled with. Where do you put Portland? They're I was going to say they're that. They're not a playing team to me. It's, it's really tough. I could have them. I could have, at one point, I had them at 11. But here's what I'm thinking. You're getting a, a healthy Damian Lillard back. You're getting Jeremy Grant. Maybe Simons takes a step forward. Gary, Pay- Gary Payton Jr., you know, does he give him solid contributions? Maybe. I don't know. Overall, it's like when you have a superstar like Dame, you feel like you can maybe put them like inside the top ten, like not even a real playoff team. That's why I had them at nine. But if they were at ten or eleven, it wouldn't surprise me. Dude, I mean, everything you just said about Dame, like Luke is like ten times better. Well, we, Luke is an absolute star. Luke is a top five player in the NBA right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. Like he could be an MVP candidate. Like yeah, Luca himself well. is going to get them to the playoffs. I mean, your take on them is just—I can't believe it. I mean, I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned right now. You hit me with a cold stone stunner, Fachi. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You hear the glass shatter in the background, man. Yeah. So, right, but here's the thing, Dallas. Their off season for a playoff team, I think, was like one of the worst off seasons. It was that a great. Doesn't so, mean they're done though. They could still make moves in the middle of the season as well, Fodge. And I, I think mean, they will. So could anyone. But I still like they got Dorian Finney Smith. They got Reggie Bullock, who are their if two you key. Start off by saying they still got Dorian Finney Smith. You got a problem. But the, he was good last year. What are you talking about? He was it's a really good, good player in the playoffs. They the made the West way. Finals. Dude, I know they did. They know they did. But it's just they. Jalen Brunson was a big part of that team. He was good. Don't get me wrong. He was he really dropped, good. He dropped 40 in a playoff game. He did. He was really good. I'm not saying he wasn't good. But the Utah Jazz team they beat was imploding, right? We saw that happen. They traded Rudy Gobert. They're about to trade Donovan Mitchell. Danny Ainge is coming there to shake everything up. Personally, for me. Phoenix imploded, too. Yeah, in game seven, but they didn't before that. So, I mean, they have the, they, the their thing is that they won with was defense, Fachi, and they still have that. They haven't lost that edge. So now figuring out who's going to play point guard, like, is it Spencer Dinwiddie? I don't know. But Spencer Dinwiddie was really good for them last year. Davis Bertans came in off of Washington's team where he was barely getting minutes and was productive for them. I, I personally think we're underselling what Jason Kidd did as a coach last year. This Mavericks team's got potential. Yeah, we'll see. Before we spend half, you know, what could end up being a large chunk on the Dallas Mavericks at at 11 or whatever, we're going to move on. Um, (laughs) Number eight, what you got? Number eight, I got the Lakers. Okay, Uh, I had them at nine. Okay, it's still gross to me. It is, but it's like you figure they'll figure it out. Like, they're not going to hold on to the 2025 and 2027 pick forever. They're going to have to make a trade. Patrick Beverly move, it was a good move. If they didn't make that move, I would have had them lower on this list. I don't think they're done making moves. But we can't consider Lonnie Walker and Thomas Bryant 
substantial pickups to get the job done. They still need more help. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with you. At eight for me, this is where I had the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. I really like this team, Fudge, and I wanted to put them higher, but I'm worried about injuries. I like, like them all a little bit be. more because I got them at seven. The Pelicans, look, I, I didn't know if it was bold or not, but when they added CJ McCollum, they were good last year. Like, they made some noise, you know, so that they well, ended CJ up CJ stay healthy play. all year because he never really seems to do that. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, that's, that's you know, that's going to be key. But also, they're getting back. And I have to say, potentially, even though he didn't play last year, a potentially healthy Zion Williamson. I mean, that's a so, huge pickup, bro. I, I think the Pelicans can be that team that on any night can beat anybody. Yeah. They could still also lose a team that they should beat, but that's why I got them at the seven seed. Yeah. So for seven, this is where I have the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Um, like I said earlier, I'm not going to get too much into it. I just believe in Luka. And I've seen so many times where, like, Great players make so many other like good players better. Oh yeah, I just think he does that. And they and the players they have are comp- competent players. They're not like scrubs, and they've been playoff tested over the last couple of years. So I I think that seven is like I couldn't I couldn't I really couldn't go any lower. I felt like I was being too disrespectful even putting them at seven. So uh, but that's where I have them. I just because I think the other teams above them just have a little bit more depth on their roster. If you thought that was disrespectful, I must have spit in their face. Well, that's right? why I so, was so shocked. You know, yeah. So, look, you know, if, if it'll make you feel a little bit better, we could swap Portland at nine, uh, you know, move down to 11. <laughs> We're not swapping this, bro. You have to eat this. Whatever, man. Whatever. At oh, number I mean, Michael six. Finley, Fauci, moving forward anyway. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that over some of the other ones. You, you Mike know, Pence, you didn't like that one today? No. Uh, at number six. I got the Memphis Grizzlies. Hey, okay. we got the same one here. Okay. That's interesting. It's a step back. It is, they were the number two seed last year. That was insane. I think they take a step back because I think that the league, they took a lot of teams by surprise. Yeah. And they also, like, they, like, defied logic. Like, with John Moran out, they had, like, this ridiculous record. Uh, so, I think they're going to be a really good team that's now a playoff mainstay. But last year just felt like uh, they overachieved. I will say this. I can talk myself into putting Memphis as the one seed. That's how talented I think they are. Very talented. And I think that they, regular season-wise, like they're good enough. Like they win so many games without Jaw last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think they could do that. But I just had a bit of like a, like, man, there's so many good teams in the West. Oh this is where it's tough for me. I said, like you did overall, while I could see them getting as high as the one seed just because of them overachieving, I felt like, Last year they overachieved and, like you said, put people on the, uh, you know, put on notice. So I could see them regressing, but it's different. So I have them at six, and then at five, this is where I have the Minnesota Timberwolves flashing. That is exactly where I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Look, they had Gobert. They tasted some playoff success, I guess. You know, talking about you know the way Patrick Beverly celebrated out there, but I think now this team expects to have real expectations, and they take that step forward. So that's why yeah. I got I got them at five, just like you do. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the pickup of Gobert. Mm-hmm. I know everybody hated how much they paid for him, which was an overpay. But I like this team. I think they're really good. And they're long, they're athletic, they're going to be defensive-minded. Um, don't love D'Angelo Russell, but if he's yeah. your worst player on your starting five, you can Spire. deal with it. You know, he can, he can shoot the ball. And, you know, he's a good friend of Cats, so maybe they have that connection still. So I'm not... Worried about him, but McDaniel's and um, 
you know, Anthony Edwards. I mean, my God, that kid is so talented. Carl Anthony Towns, like he's never had a guy to play next to him like Gobert either. And so I, I just really believe in that team, Fonchi. So I, I wanted to put them higher than this, but I couldn't. So I, I left them at five. Who do you have at four? At four, I got the Phoenix Suns. Okay, um, we're different. Now, I think they're taking a little bit of a step back just because they've been like the best team in the NBA since the bubble. Like since then, they have just been unbelievable, at least like regular season win wise. Uh, but CP3 is a year older. Does he take a step back? They really couldn't and didn't upgrade this offseason. They were kind of stuck in that that pickle of are they getting Kevin Durant or are they re-signed DeAndre Ayton? So they really didn't address much at all in, in terms of, you know, the draft free agency and they got Dwayne Washington Jr. Shout out to Dwayne, but not sure how that's going to translate win wise. So they've been on a great run, but I think they, they take a little bit of a step back and they fall to the four seed. Yeah. So the Suns are actually projected to have the, they're tied to have the most wins in the Western conference, according to um, Vegas insider.com on their NBA totals. And this was updated in August 22nd, I believe August 26th. So just last, um, last Friday. So for me, I like the Suns, so I have them a little bit higher. I think that they're going to want to come back from that embarrassing loss they had last year. They got a lot to prove, yeah. Fudge. And this is where I think a team that knows what they're capable of is going to fall right here. And this is where I have the Golden State Warriors at four. I I really like them. I don't think they're worried about playing on the road. They've proven it time and time again. When you have Steph Curry, it doesn't matter where you're playing at. You got Draymond, you got Clay, you got Jordan Poole, you got Kevon Looney. They picked up Dante DiVincenzo, obviously losing Otto Porter, and like you mentioned, um, losing Gary Payton, the second or whatever he is. I forget his last. Is it the second or the third? I think he's the third, honestly. Is it? I can't. Is it? I don't know. We're probably sound so stupid right now talking about that. But anyway, losing Gary Payton, like he was a good part for their. He was a good piece for their team. So I just feel like for me, I had to put the Warriors here at four, just because I don't think the regular season matters to them as much. Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely a good point over there. Uh, at number three, I got the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, that's what I have, too. I have the Clippers I'm at three. On the Clippers. Look, the return of Kawhi. The man missed all of last year. He's got to be ultra healthy. You get John Wall for nothing. And, I mean, they, they've been, you know, messing around with Reggie Jackson for the last few years and liking what they'd seen. You throw John Wall in there, you still got Reggie Jackson. They got a good squad, but also a healthy PG. You know, and then the rest of the team, yeah. I think that this could be the year that the Clippers kind of put it all together and potentially make that run when, you know, last year was kind of kind of a bit of a wasted year for them. They Absolutely. Them nice yeah. Spot. Yeah, it is Gary Payton the second, by the way, just so you know. Um, so we were right at first. I don't know why I thought it was a third for whatever reason. Probably GR3 threw me uh, off there. Well, here's the thing. There's that. But I also believe that Gary Payton has two sons Named Gary Payton. I could okay. be wrong. Uh, could I'll be look wrong. that up in my own time, but I believe <laughs> yeah. that. So I have the Clippers three, and I got the Suns at two. Who do you have at two? So at number two, I got the Denver Nuggets. Okay, so now, you have you have the Warriors at the number one seed. I do. Now okay. we'll get into that in a bit, but Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray coming back. Watch out! This was a team that made the Western Conference Finals the last time they were fully healthy. You know, the Nuggets, they, they've been good. I mean, they did more than just tread water last year. You know, because yeah. one of the last two MVPs. But, like, they had every reason to not be a good team last year. So, I think when you bring back Jamal Murray, who's missed, you know, over a year of basketball, I, I think that's going to be enough to get him in that upper echelon of the West. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's who I had the Phoenix Suns. And like I said, I mean, DeAndre Ayton coming back was huge for them. Obviously, them is set on Durant. I'm worried about them a little bit just because I wonder how much the Kevin Durant stuff impacted some of the players. Like a Mikael Bridges, who was kind of openly talking about it on Twitter, like with cryptic tweets, right? So uh, I wonder what that's going to be like. I wonder if Jay Crowder takes a step back this year. Cam Johnson, obviously, in a contract year. They've got talent, but I'm just curious how this all comes together for them. But I like, you know, what they did last year. I think the way they went out, though, I just think this is a team that's desperately going to be looking to get, you know, redemption from how they went out. So I've got the Suns at two, Fachi, and at number one, we already kind of spoiled it, but you already talked about them, the Denver Nuggets. That's who I put at number one. Um, And the reason I put them there is just because Jokic doesn't get hurt ever. I mean, the guy just stays healthy for whatever reason. You add in MPJ. You add in Jamal Murray. They traded for Contavious Caldwell-Pope who was on the Wizards. I actually really like that deal because I think he's a better fit. What was that? It was a good pickup for the Nuggets. Right. Yeah, I I think he's a better fit. And, you know, obviously Monty Morris, like he was starting for so long, and so now you get Jamal Murray back. So now you've really got a good four. And Aaron Gordon's still there. I think he's going to be a good piece for them. I mean, that starting five is really good, Fachi. Um, don't really understand the DeAndre Jordan pickup <laughs> so like, yeah. and why it happened so quick. But Bones Highland off the bench, man, I mean, you're looking at a six-man-of-the-year candidate as well. Like, Bones Highland's got that kind of potential. So I'm I'm pretty high on this team, and I just think, like, with what they were able to do with Jokic and without MPJ and Jamal Murray, bringing those two guys back with KCP, I just think that's going to catapult them to be a great regular season team. And, I mean, when you're talking about a great regular season team, it feels like the Nuggets would care more about the yes. regular season than the Warriors. Like, like getting the one seed would probably mean more to the Nuggets than it would to the Warriors that are like, just get us to the playoffs and we'll be fine. Yeah. But still got Golden State at number one, likely because they're coming off of a championship. And you just see just how talented they are. But also, like, Jonathan Kuminga in year two, he could take a big step forward. Yeah. Moses Moody looked like a, a like a legend in summer league. I know it's summer league. James Wiseman didn't even play for them last year. This is the number two overall pick. And then if Jordan Poole, uh, Jordan Poole takes a step forward, oh my god, yeah. you just need Steph Clay and Draymond to be themselves. The rest around them, I, I think, is like super talented. It's just a matter of how big of a step those guys take in year two and year three. So. Mm-hmm. I think that we're we're pretty close on a lot of our picks, but um, yeah, I mean, I got I got the Warriors at one. Who'd you have them four? I had them at four. Yeah, I just I just don't think the regular season matters as much. It really doesn't to them, to be honest. Like one could be overshooting it, but uh, they're just that talented that it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they did. Right, and I mean, part of me wanted to put them at one because I think they're like still obviously a championship level team. But at the same time, I can just see them sit and clay because they don't want to play him on back-to-backs because of his health concerns and what he's gone through. Draymond's getting older. Um, Obviously, Steph, he's going to do what he does. But you just got to be careful. And after coming off of that long finals run, I feel like the team that always wins the finals always kind of takes their foot off a little bit Mm. off the gas in the regular season because they know what it takes to get there. And this is a team that's done it multiple times. So – they could, they could definitely. They're talented enough to get the one seed. I'm not saying they're not. I just feel like they don't prioritize it as much. So, with that being said, Fachi, that is our standing predictions. So we will keep this 
and we will see how they pan out for the rest of the season. But go ahead and tell the people where they can find us out on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok at setting the pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast. You can check out all of our content there. And if you don't want to do all that, go to Google, type in setting the pace YouTube, and it'll show up right there as well. But with that being said, if you're excited to be an Indiana Pacers fan and so glad that the month of August is almost over, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.